Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Cobiello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to mitigate crises and help teams get back on track. This podcast is about helping the C-suite leader to navigate challenges with confidence. For today's leader, I'm here to help you get back on track. Tomorrow's leader, let me partner with you to learn the secrets of the C-suite. Wherever you're at in your career, this is the podcast for you. Hello, I am Deb Cobiello, founder of the Drop-In CEO brand, and I am grateful you've joined us on another amazing episode. I am graced with amazing guests week after week who share their insights for C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow, and I know you will be inspired by this conversation. But I do ask, if you love this show, please subscribe, rate, review, tell others we love downloads, share it with the community. The more you do that, the more we can continue to bring you great programming And just know I am here to help the C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow navigate their challenges with confidence. And so today I am grateful to introduce to you Bo Billington, who is the founder of The Free Agent, a consulting company immersed in the strategic layer of the gig economy. The Free Agent has a vetted bench of executive leaders with backgrounds in sales, marketing, and technology that are available on a fractional interim or full-time basis. The free agent works across multitude of industries and disciplines with a keen focus on technology companies with revenues ranging from 10 to 200 million. A great service. I'm excited for this conversation. Bo, welcome to the show. Super glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, Deb. So quick shout out to Ben Baker. I love Ben Baker. It was through Ben that I had the introduction to Bo. And after we had our conversation several months ago, so I am excited to hear what's new and exciting with him. We get to bring his insights. But to my listeners, he provides such an amazing service. He's a guide like I am to help C-suite leaders in companies that are going through some kind of change, growth, or what have you, where they need certain skills or resources to help you realize what you're trying to go for. And also for people that are simply looking to work with clients, multiple clients, and do the purposeful work that they're meant to do. So Bo, please share a little bit about yourself and how you came to form this great company and the work that you're doing now. <laughs> well, I appreciate the, the shout out there, Deb, and also same to, to Ben Baker. Ben, thanks for, for making the connection here. I also been show last year and, and really enjoyed our discussion. In regards to kind of my journey, been in business, we're rounding our sixth year, the April of this year, so 2023, which is, that's a huge win in my book. And, you know, just to kind of dug into my background a little bit, you know, always had the entrepreneur bug, come from a, a family of entrepreneurs, but candidly, I never knew the, the right business to move into, the right concept or the right time. You know, I actually jumped out probably later than most people and I was around 37 when I started my company. And it really was kind of a way to, to allow me to break from corporate America. But you know, as I kind of progressed in my career, the money trap is real. We built a house, we had our second kid. And candidly, I just felt a little, little compressed in my day-to-day with corporate America. I was sitting in Toronto. I just had my, my first kid, was sitting in Toronto, and I was there because somebody told me to be in Toronto. And I was at the bar eating dinner, and ESPN came on, and they were talking about how so-and-so was going to be a free agent in the following season. And I started thinking to myself, well, how cool of a concept is a free agent, and, and why can't I do that myself and be Bo Billington? At that time, I was uh, you know, working in sales and marketing for a billion-dollar company. 
that's kind of what spawned the idea and the concept of the free agent. And why could I, you know, as Bo Billington myself, not be a free agent and work for, you know, one, two, maybe three different companies over the course of the year, but ultimately be in charge of my own destiny, my time, as well as my earning potential. And so I, I kind of took that, that idea home and stood on it for a year or two years, created a business plan and ultimately decided that, you know, this was either a hobby that I needed to sunset or it was something that I needed to kind of put to work and see if I could really kind of cobble together this idealistic lifestyle that came to me, you know, and that's that snowy day in, in Toronto. And so, you know, fast forward six years later, uh, still in business, I've grown year over year, you know, have, have pivoted and have incorporated other areas of focus into kind of our um, our scope, but things are going well. And it was the, the best decision I've, I've made in my life, jumping out. So you are repeating exactly what I said, having the opportunity to make the transition. Now, I transition was a little bit different, but having the time to stew on it, what is it that I want to do? What do I want to do differently? And why can't I do this or why not? Yes, it's risky. Myself, my husband are both business owners. And when things are down, we're both down. When it's up, it's great. Hopefully we are in cycles that are not at the same way, but it's risky, but it's also exhilarating. But I am I'm so curious because I am on this journey. There are good seasons. There are not so good seasons. When did you hit your stride or how and when did you know I'm hitting a stride? Because sometimes we're lucky to get gigs right out of the gate and we feel that dumb and happy to then there's a dry season and then you have to reevaluate. What was your first few years like to realize this is viable and I'm going to keep going? That's a great question. That's a tough. That's a tough question as well. Uh, so my hypothesis originally that the free agent was going to be a, a virtual marketplace for C-suite individuals, and I, I had the software developed, and it, it candidly it took ten times as long as I thought it would take, as in ten times as much money as I thought it would take. And I also realized kind of along this journey that this is more so the, the long term play, but in the short term, I, I, I need to make money so I can survive. And, you know, so that took me about three to four months of just really kind of very focused work to, to determine that this was going to be kind of a much bigger undertaking than I thought it would be initially. You know, it, it was about six months before I got my first paycheck. So I, I had to kind of not abandon the, uh, the marketplace idea because we have a marketplace currently, but I had to really kind of refocus and, and focus my efforts on, you know, boots on the ground work literally working with customers, working with quote-unquote free agents. And we can talk about who those are in a, in, a, in a minute, but ultimately kind of creating relationships and driving revenue. Uh, and to add insult to injury, when I began my business, um, majority of my career was international. And so when I started, I started local and literally opened my Rolodex. And I thought to myself, holy moly, like I, I, I don't really have a great contact base here in Atlanta, even though this is where I grew up. And so I literally had to start from scratch. And it was kind of guerrilla warfare, if you will, from a marketing and sales perspective. And yeah, it, it was a, it was quite an uncomfortable six months. Luckily, I was a, a busy bee. We'd saved for this, but I did promise my wife a uh, no hit on lifestyle, which was a big mistake. <laughs> Hindsight being twenty twenty, but yeah, it was about six months before I got my first paycheck. And ultimately, I uh, you know went through kind of a case study on what went well, what didn't go well, you know, and, and tried to replicate kind of that success. And that ultimately has kind of led to where we are here. But it was uh, it, it was a bit a bit challenging the first year for sure. Thank you for acknowledging it because entrepreneurship 
is glorious when you find those clients or make those matches. You feel so good when you get that work. But the rest of the time, <clears throat> poor my poor husband has to listen to all my stories and the ups and downs of it. It's important to have people around you, whether relatives or others, to support you and believe in you. Or if nothing else, they're going to be here to support you in the good and the bad. Yeah, so which was harder to find, clients or vetted professionals or free agents? I'm just curious because you do both business models trying to find clients that need the work as well as vetting the people that can provide those services. Is one harder than the other to fill both pipelines? Yeah. So that's that's another great question. Um, So I I would say that the the gig economy has become much more prevalent in the last five or so years. And and when I started the company six plus years ago or so, it was, I don't want to say it was a term that was in its infancy, but but it definitely was kind of um, a new theme to a lot of individuals and a lot of companies. I've seen the term, it's, it's used with, with much more um, ease now, gig economy, fractional workers, interim executives, et cetera, ultimately contractors is what we're talking about here. So I, I've seen, I've really seen kind of a big influx of contractors actually moving into the space, candidly. There's been, um, there's a lot of talent, the talent pool is huge. The toughest part is still on the company side. And, and candidly, the reason for that, what I've seen is it comes down to education. And I, I feel that most CEOs, most business owners are hardwired to think, well, I need a full-time employee for this initiative. So they've got skin in the game and, and you know, you can rattle off a myriad of different reasons, but that's not the case. And so part of my role is, is to really kind of educate these business owners that, wait, hold on, there is a, there is a better way. There's a different way that, could, that you could kind of continue to, to move the ship in the right direction while saving cash and maximizing ROI. In fact, I just did a post on this yesterday about those two things. So the toughest part is really the educational component from a company side, but there's, there's, not, a, there's not a lack of talent. And specifically now, there's not shortage of talent when considering you know, we're going through layoffs, especially in the tech sector, and we may be you know, hitting kind of a, a white collar recession, if you will. So again, this is near and dear to my art because I am the drop-in CEO. I am a fractional resource that for the right client, I and we do amazing work. But obviously, you're not for everybody. You say that there's a lot of companies, a lot of C-suite leaders that say, I need a full-time equivalent. And you know, I don't think that's true because you need to focus on your core business. You may need an additional marketing person over here, additional sales, but you need to flex those resources if maybe you're a tech company. To your point, you service the tech and that's your core business model. So I'm curious, while there are hundreds and thousands of companies out there, what is the persona of the company that's starting to feel uncomfortable, might be open to this, but you still have to convince them? Because obviously you're trying to find that sweet spot, that client that says, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. So tell me about that. Yeah. So a client who's not a a good customer for us is the one that says we've done it the same way for the last 40 years, (laughs) right? The second I hear that, I'm out the door. For those of you listening, you can leave now. Yeah, exactly. So that's not a good client for us. For for us, you know, a good client is it's predominantly technology companies because they're moving very, very quickly. Um, Private equity, another good space, but really it comes down to companies that, that can't afford to make a mistake. Um, Or maybe they're strapped for cash a little bit and they're, they need to try out an initiative but they, they know that a full-time employee may be a little bit too expensive. But yeah, those are really kind of the uh, the biggest signals. And, and the majority of the companies we work with, again, can't afford to make a mistake. And so they want to bring in an executive, somebody that's done this before and can really kind of help them stand up that initiative. And what makes you different, the free agent or Bo Billington, from all of those others? Because as you say, the service is getting more and more known. And there's a lot of fractional companies that I've interviewed several of them. But what would I say about the free agent that would catch somebody's attention? What makes you a little bit different? Sure. So I, I would say it comes down to, to really kind of our, our, our vetting. 
and the way that we handle our business. So for us, you know, at the executive sector, a, a lot of the times you're going to find candidates whose skill sets at parity, right? They, they've done more or less the same thing, understand the same technology, have managed the same sales teams, et cetera. But really, you know, where we differentiate is on the soft skill component. So helping kind of the, the companies understand themselves and their core DNA, you know, as, as well as kind of their culture and translating that to the the executive that we bring to the table, but also, you know, doing a, a very, very deep vetting session or two, actually two to three technically with these executives in order to get a, a fundamental understanding as kind of their personality and, and match them with the right companies. And I, I've, I've seen time and time again that it really comes down to the soft skills and the dynamic between the consultant and the actual company at a cultural level. That, that to me, is, is really kind of the hallmark for good and strong relationship. So I want to dig into this a little bit because there's a lot of listeners out there, I know a lot of you, who've been working 15, 25 years. You're very, very good at your craft, and maybe you've been thinking about going out on your own. To them, what are some of the critical soft skills that you know for your clients are like absolutely have to have this? Again, there's a lot of soft skills, but are there any particular ones that are imperative in order for the relationship to be successful? That's kind of a really tough question to answer because, yes, there's a myriad of different soft skills and soft skills are going to be different depending on the actual industry and the focus area that these companies have. I, I would say for somebody who's looking to break into this industry, and this is less around soft skills, but more around kind of self-awareness and discovery, it's do you really want to be an executive consultant? I mean, because my job is to put people in boxes. Either you're, you're an individual that prefers full-time work or you're an individual that prefers contract or fractional work. In my opinion, there's the same amount of risk on either side of the house, but a lot of times with some individuals, it's more palatable to be in a full-time setting, even though you get laid off tomorrow. And so for those that are thinking about maybe kind of branching up, hanging a shingle, that's really what I would kind of do some deep soul searching on, you know, do I have the risk appetite and the ability to persevere through the ups and downs? And you, you spoke about the ups and downs. I mean, I'm six years in, we've grown 50% year over year, and I still wake up at 3 a.m. almost every single night. You know, the anxiety is different, but it's, it's, the levels are the same. And so I, I think the ability to persevere could be, a, could be a soft skill. That didn't necessarily answer your question, but I, I felt, you know, it important to kind of bring up and, and underscore. What I really like the way you responded to that is before we go into the soft skills or the technical skills is the mindset of the individual, because either we have to be absolutely crazy or we're ready to jump off a cliff or it's, it's something in us, that creative element of I maybe you're running away from where you were and you want to move forward to something different or you just want to be able to serve the world. And I think that's one of the things I love is how many people can I help? So this podcast is one avenue, one platform for which I help many. I do help C-suite leaders. I will drop into their companies. I'm a fractional chief operations officer in one. I'm a fractional quality leader in another. I become whatever they need me to be. But it's risky. Sometimes these customers go dark. They don't respond to your inquiry, your quotes. But you know what? That is the lifestyle. That is typical of these fast-growing companies, that they are heads down. They are trying to get the work done. They don't have time for maybe maintaining these relationships. But when they come up for air and they say, I need somebody now, we have to be ready. Agreed. And one thing I do want to add on to, to the point from earlier is that, you know, putting people in boxes. And candidly, if I have a conversation with somebody who says, I think I want to be an executive consultant, generally, I try to dissuade them from doing so. Right. Like, like in, in my opinion, in my mind's eye, like it's something you need to be 100 percent convicted of doing. And if you don't have that conviction, you know, you're, you're not going to succeed and, and you're probably going to flounder a little bit because it's not easy. And, and 
most executive consultants are out there, you know, they're hustling, they're the biggest cheerleaders and they're selling, but they're also providing a service. And so it is, it's difficult. And again, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody or take wind out of anybody's sales here, but that's something I wanted to underscore as well, because it's, it's, I feel like you have to have a mind shift and, and become a consultant and have zero interest in going back to corporate America, at least in my experience. So I want to put some meat on the bone here. I know what you do. I appreciate the value you bring to both companies as well as those consultants, contractors, whatever we want to call us risky people. But I would love to know a story or a situation where you had a client that was just looking for a particular kind of talent. They were uncertain whether to go this route with the free agent model, but then when they decided to pull the trigger and you brought that leadership to them, what was the result on the other side? Because I want to showcase the success that you are enjoying now. The, the best example that comes to, the, comes to thought here, and so we focus on, on high growth you know, technology companies, Series A, Series B, Series C, and we help them build out their leadership teams. So sales, marketing, tech, product, ops, accounting, and finance. We're purposely broad because you know these, these high growth companies have very broad needs. They may need marketing support one day, the next support they need help on the operations side of the house. So I had a client about 17 million in ARR, so annual recurring revenue, professional services company. They came to me and said, hey, Bo, you know, I want to hire a full-time chief revenue officer. And for those of you who are listening, we do both executive headhunting, so full-time work, but we also bring in executive consultants on, on a fractional interim basis. So we're full service. And most companies actually don't do that. We're one of the few that provide the full service full-time to contract. Uh, so they came to me and said, hey, you know, we're looking for a chief revenue officer. And I had a discovery session with the CEO and come to find out they'd fired, I believe, five account executives recent months. And the CEO was a product guy, very sharp guy, uh, but not necessarily a sales leader. And he thought it was, it was pretty much an individual type of scenario and that they needed to bring in a very, very heavy chief revenue officer on a full-time basis to really kind of set up the, set up the ecosystem and the system. Ultimately, you know, we kind of identified that you know, go-to-market strategy, product market fit, like there were a lot of things that were lacking uh, and they didn't necessarily have the infrastructure or the engine even built that would necessitate an entire chief revenue officer. So long story short, I didn't talk him out of doing anything, but together we kind of developed a plan that you know, bringing on a fractional leader would probably make the most sense based upon kind of you know, the budget that they had, where they were in their company's life cycle, as well as where they were headed. And so we brought on a chief revenue officer. Um, he was with them for about eight months and ultimately worked himself out of a job, which in my opinion should be the goal of any executive contractor. You're not there to hang out for two years, get in, do good work and work yourself out of a job. And now the company uh, had their best year last year. They brought on a, a multitude of customers as well. They've got three full-time account executives, and we're doing a search for chief revenue officer currently for the company. That was an example where they thought they needed one thing. And after kind of mutual discovery and a discussion, collectively realized that maybe there's a better path. And now that individual is having conversations about being an advisor on the board. So it really was a win-win all the way around. I think that's a good, a good example of kind of our services and but also too, you know, not just taking the customer at face value and saying, yes, I got you, but really kind of doubling down and digging in on the need and making sure that we're on the same page. I am interrupting this episode to offer an absolutely free networking and educational opportunity I have created and I want you to be there. If you're a mid-level manager that loves your team and has a desire to accelerate your leadership growth, it is possible for you to become that executive leader in the next 24 months. Regardless of your area of specialty, and I know so many of you are talented, you have what it takes to be on the front line, collaborate with others, and get the job done. However, let me show you how to leverage that specialized knowledge to create solid connections with other leaders while shifting your focus 
from day-to-day leadership skills to long-term CEO strategy. Head over to my website, dropinceo.com, and click on the Drop-In CEO Collective to register for your next meeting. Now, back to the conversation. So I'm going to poke around a little bit. A little while ago, you said, even waking up at three in the morning, I still wake up at three in the morning. I I have this question. I ask a lot of business owners, then what does keep you up at night? Mind you, you're not where you were six years ago, trying to wait for that paycheck that came six months later. But now that you're humming along a little bit, what does keep you up at night? For me, I'd say growth. I'm really, I've grown this business organically, which has been great. It's been totally bootstrapped, but I always want to grow quicker and grow faster. And candidly, I'm looking for that hockey stick moment where, you know, you 10X in one year. That hasn't happened. You know, I've had, I've had, you know, one to 2X, but I'm really kind of laser focused this year on how do I get the real growth in 2023? But also too, the flip side of doing that is flipping the funnel. So right now we've got a, a pretty sophisticated outbound sales process. But my goal through content and through other means is to flip the funnel so we're having leads that actually come to our organization and we're in a position where, and, and I hate this, this term because it sounds very opp- opportunistic, but we're able to kind of cherry pick, you know, A and B clients. And, and so that's, that keeps me up is faster growth and making sure that the marketing engine is humming, but humming appropriately. You bring up a really important point because I am on that similar hockey stick journey. I know I've got a viable product. I'm always tweaking it, moving a little bit in one direction or the other, but you are looking for that viral moment. And I think for most of us business owners, it doesn't always come. But I think what it is, and I guess I'm going to ask the question of you, but I know for myself, what is it that keeps you going? You know, this thing is meant to be, it has served so many and it could serve so many others. Because I know for my business, based on my past experience, there are so many C-suite leaders out there that are great and then they get off track. Something changes in the business, rapid growth, loss of a leader. I know that I can drop in and help them. And also the C-suite leaders tomorrow, I coach and mentor them because sometimes they don't have the resources to support the infrastructure, to develop the soft skills, et cetera, so that they can be the C-suite leaders of tomorrow. I am dead set on that. That is the drop-in CEO brand. What continues to pull you forward so when that hockey stick moment happens, you are completely ready? No, I, I love it. And your, your passion for what you do really, really shines through, Deb. And I, and I appreciate that. And hopefully mine does as well. And so what really drives me candidly is, is I, I love what I do. When I have conversations with individuals, I say, hey, you know, leverage me any way that you can. I'm happy to help you network and not to devalue myself. But at the end of the day, I'm a glorified networker. Like that's really what I do. And I'm, I'm a connector. I love connecting people. And that's where I candidly, I get the most fulfillment personally. And when I started my business six years ago, that was one of the things that I tried to figure out. I was like, what am I good at? What do I really like doing? And how can I cobble together a business that supports that? And so, you know, that's what keeps me me going because literally I feel like I change lives. You know, I, I, I talk to companies, they're in a pickle. I find somebody who's looking for work and I put the two together. And, you know, monetary component aside, like that actually makes me feel good as a human. And, and that's what is exciting. That's what keeps me going. And I love getting up for work every day. I just love what you just said. I change lives. That's the essence of what you do. I change lives. The free agent, I change lives. That's so deep. I'm, writing, I'm actually writing that down because I didn't say that as direct. You know, I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn profile tomorrow. Trademark it. <laughs> I think you should. Well, I trademarked the drop-in CEO. And again, mind you, you just said that. And that was like, ah, that's the essence of who you are. Because I think for people listening, it's important to do good work. It's important to have all these good social skills. It's important to have the right mindset. But either... What are people saying about you or what comes out of your mouth accidentally or intentionally? And people say, oh, 
that's interesting. You need to write those things down because then they become part of your talking points. The next time you show up for a networking event, you say that thing again. And then somebody says, oh, that's interesting. I think we as leaders, unfortunately, your hard skills and your soft skills are not the only things you need. A good mindset and just standing out and being different. So you're interesting and people want to learn more. So I love that. I wrote that down and I totally agree. Not to go on a tangent here, but there's there's a lot of buzz in the marketplace around authenticity. And and I feel like, you know, in the stuffy corporate environments, that's missing a lot of times. And so one of the things that I'm trying to inject into kind of my personal brand, but also my business is being authentic, who I actually am on camera, you know, in front of customers, the same person I am, you know, with my family, my friends. And I, I feel like that's a really tough bridge for most to cross. But the second you can do that, you're going to be a hell of a lot happier. Just my two cents. Oh, and I so agree with that. And I used to show up on video on LinkedIn, very stiff, looking professional. And then there was this other persona I showed my mentor. And he says, we need to see more of that. Now, that person, this is the person you're seeing right now. I will flub my words, but I won't go back and correct my words or say, I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep going because in between, people know what I'm saying. So me showing up, throwing my hands around the whole bit, that person resonates more with the people I'm trying to connect with. So... Bo Billington, this has been a great interview. I would love to give you the floor last to just share some closing thoughts with either companies or other free agents and how best to connect with you because I want people to check out your work and be part of your community. Well, I really appreciate that. And again, thanks for having me on the show, Deb. Really enjoyed the, the thought-provoking questions. And it's always great kind of, you know, connecting with a, a fellow entrepreneur. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. In regards to just some, some closing thoughts, I mean, if you're a high growth company, technology-based or not, and if you're not, you know, exploring interim or fractional executives, candidly, I think that's a missed opportunity. Nowadays, companies need to look at everything that's at, at their disposal. So from full-time to interim to fractional. And if you're not doing that, then you're really the disadvantage against the companies that are. And nowadays, you know, last couple of years has been a huge influx, as I mentioned earlier, with folks that are getting themselves into the market. So there's no shortage of talent. In regards to connecting, my company is The Free Agent at thefreeagent.com. And I can be found on LinkedIn as well. Bo Billington, B-E-A-U, Billington. Uh, Thanks so much for having me on, Deb. Really appreciate it. Oh, it was a great interview. I am so glad we went rogue and offline a little bit, but I sincerely appreciate adding you to the drop-in CEO community. And for my listeners out there, if you love this podcast, please, again, listen to our other podcasts. I do solo episodes, other guest episodes. And if you want a little bit more and get closer to me, there is the drop-in CEO collective, my collective mastermind to bring you and other C-suite leaders of tomorrow together and hopefully help you with amazing success. Bo, much success to the free aid and you be well. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this episode valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who would find it useful and inspiring. Your support allows me to keep sharing insights and inspiration to leaders who are working their way to the C-suite. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.